0: You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to
1: life on stage.
0: White House Chief Economic Advisor Larry Cutlow joined the Washington Post Live to discuss the coronavirus pandemic and the U.S. economy. Let's listen.
2: Good afternoon. I'm Bob Costa, National Political Reporter at the Washington Post. Today, we continue the Washington Post Live's Path Forward series with two leading voices on the economy and finance. Later on, my colleague David Ignatius he will interview Ray Dalio of Bridgewater Associates. But we begin this afternoon. With Larry Kudlow, President Trump's chief economic advisor and director of the National Economic Council. Mr. Kudlow is in the president's inner circle, working with him on economic issues and challenges that have been sparked by this pandemic, and he's working with lawmakers, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, as the White House negotiate.
0: Larry, welcome back to Washington. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate it. Larry, how long will it take for this economy to recover? To what? To recover. Well, well look, I think you're going to have. Is it I have this feet thing? Maybe we can fix the feet. I'm sorry, no Robert. No worries, Technical Larry. Stuff. How do you- but I, I let, me, let me say, so much of this depends on the virus and the rate of business openings or the rate of of life in general. So I'll I give you the rough-out uh, scenario. We, we know as a consequence of the pandemic, the second quarter, uh, will be reported in about a month it's going to be a very very significant contraction uh, alongside that we've seen the uh, uh, huge increase in uh weekly unemployment claims uh there's a lot a lot of heartbreak here there's a lot of hardship here um, there's a lot of anxiety here. It's not, you know, it's a very difficult situation. Now, I would suggest that the reopening job is a transition in May and June. And we're seeing some small glimmers of hope and growth. Uh, and I think there will be a financial return uh, to work in uh the summer i think we'll see it and i i, I rather agree with the congressional budget office l- most recent report uh they're showing a very deep contraction in the second quarter uh with a very high unemployment uh, but on the other hand showing uh a growth recovery um sixteen seventeen percent in the second half of the year and a pretty strong recovery in um twenty twenty one roughly four percent some of this depends on policies uh some of this again is gonna depend on how efficiently and safely we can reopen the economy.
2: So Larry I appreciate you being a uh, patient type connection not perfect and i appreciate all the viewers being patient but we're going to get through this and have a conversation appreciate your patience larry when you talked about the cbo you're inside the nec what's the model you're using on the economy how are
0: you getting data and processing it well we we, we're very closely with ca and we use some of their models and we use other models the private sector but i will say that the cbo numbers are in the same ballpark as uh, private surveys or the wall street journal surveys of forecasters or the so-called forecasters and you know this is an afterthought i don't want to filibuster this but look it's really hard to model uh, a virus or a pandemic like of which we haven't seen for a hundred years, and there's so many areas
1: that almost defy, you know, their health. Areas, uh, businesses opening, whether they're large or whether they're small, uh, there's got to be testing. There's got to be temperature taking. There's got to be best practices for uh, cleanliness and um, you know, w- washing your hands or uh, rinsing off your hands every day. Uh, there's got to be uh, hospital capacity. And there's got to be diagnostic testing. There's got to be tracing. So it it varies. That's about all I can say, and we're just giving it our best bet. But I, I do feel that uh, with the right policies and uh, incentives, uh, folks will return to work, and I'll just say fairly rapidly, and we'll see a pretty Perfect. big pickup. Uh, in the second half of the year uh, on into next year.
2: In terms of that phrase, a pretty good pickup, President Trump recently said he expects a V-shaped recovery, his words. Do you share that assessment and what backs up that confidence?
1: Uh, I do share that assessment and again the CBO numbers do too at most of the private forecasters. Now I, I suppose Bob you can have your own V. There's V's and there's Lesser V's and there's combos of U's and V's. but I mean, look, just to take the CBO, they've got 21 and a half percent growth in Q3 and 10 and a half percent in Q4. Uh, those are numbers we can identify with, and they're not too far from what private sector people are saying. Now, in terms of you know, how the numbers coming in are, are not good, uh, in fact, they're downright bad in most cases, but we're seeing some glimmers, perhaps. Um, I will point to the stock market. Uh, I'd also point to uh, more folks are driving. You, you see it in a rising Apple uh, Mobility Index. Gasoline demand is picking up. In fact, gas and oil prices are picking up, particularly oil prices. I uh, regard those as uh, recovery signals. Um, housing demand looks better. Actual housing starts continue to fall uh, at a significant uh, pace, but uh, housing demand uh home builders surveys confidence so forth look much better Uh, a lot of businesses are already opening uh just through the month of may as the states open a lot of businesses are opening that of course is hugely important um a lot of people believe uh there's going to be tremendous demand for automobiles for cars uh more folks are going to be driving now the Uh, the car companies are opening up their factories and trying to get the right mix of of work return and safety but that's uh, also uh, a good sign Um, mortgage rates are low in fact interest rates are low uh, in general so it is not conclusive robert i'm the first guy to admit that i'm saying these are glimmers glimpses of a little bit of hope and growth and uh, we will see
2: do you expect the unemployment rate to be in double digits at on election day in November?
1: Um, I would say that's possible. It, it could come in slightly lower, uh, but again if i if I stay with the uh, CBO, they're going to be very
0: tough numbers.
2: When you tout the stock economy, Larry, and you also look at the jobless numbers, what's your message to that business on Main Street? that sees Wall Street doing fine with the Dow above 24,000?
1: Well, listen, they're not totally divorced. I mean, a lot of Main Street people are in the stock market. Um, that's kind of a lesser known fact. You know, pensions, government pensions, union pensions, those are Main Street folks who are invested in the stock market. And um, I don't know, but more than half of America's invest in the stock market. but. Uh, I also use it as a leading indicator uh, it may not be perfect it did signal the uh, it, its decline in late february and early March uh, was a signal that um, what we hoped would happen wouldn't happen did happen and the pandemic exploded exponentially so it's something worth paying attention to it's not the end all be-all there's a whole Variety of leading indicators out there. I mean, look. Let's go back to the uh, the president's uh, rescue package, along with bipartisan support from Congress. Uh, I don't regard the package necessary as stimulus. It was kind of even. Let's try to stabilize, even keel, um, cushion the terrible contraction. But we've had three trillion dollars on the budget, and uh, the Fed has spent about uh, $2.5 trillion uh, on their various lending facilities with probably another couple of trillion to come. And the Fed has increased their balance sheet, uh, their money supply. M2 is Larry, growing Does the 20- president
2: want more action from, from the Fed?
1: Uh, no, the president's happy with the Fed. Uh, he called um, Chairman Powell, what was his award, Bob? The m- most improved player. Not the most valuable player i guess but most improved player that's a tremendous award so here's said Yet yeah, the feds done a good job in my view again their lending facilities uh not all complete yet but up and running in most cases pouring a lot of liquidity and uh, they've increased their balance sheet with a zero interest rate the money supply is soaring Th- these are things I, I don't regard this as long-term you know incentives to grow, but I do regard them as the short-term rescue package with bipartisan support. I think it was very important just trying to get folks through this. I, I do believe do you uh, negative
2: interest rates
1: Oh, did you say do I? Yes, who i um I'll go with Powell on this at the moment. Uh, I don't think we need him. Uh, they've never worked in the countries they have been used. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it one way or another because I don't think it's that important. Sometimes the president talks about being competitive uh, with negative rates. I, I I think the liquidity is more important than the rates. And the Fed's balance sheet has grown by $2.5 trillion. And as I said, they've increased lending resources by another $2.5 trillion. So that's $5 trillion on top of $3 trillion budget assistance. Uh, that's big number, Bob, that's 8 trillion, that's over 40% of GDP, and I think we did what we had to do. And I think now, uh, as we wait and see a better assessment of the uh, economic impact of those uh, programs, uh, when we come back to negotiations, as we undoubtedly will, uh, I think it's very important that we move from rescue to reopening, to more growth-oriented incentives for the medium and longer term. That's my Larry, own uh, that put, vision.
2: Larry, that puts you on at odds with the Fed Reserve chairman who has testified and spoken on television about the need, in his view, for more congressional stimulus. Do you disagree with his position on
0: that?
1: Well, look, if he's talking about, for example... Uh, A payroll tax cut which the president favors if he's talking about um, a possible uh, exclusion if you if you buy an asset in the next six or nine months you might get a capital gains exclusion I'm not talking just about stocks I mean all assets businesses factories oil fields Uh, if you're talking about incentives to bring businesses home uh from china or elsewhere uh if you're talking about um uh, large tax deductions for dining entertainment sports and uh, travel and tourism uh, these are all things the president has talked about publicly Um, maybe a corporate tax uh reduction for people coming back to the u.s Um, if you're talking about um, uh, liability restrictions and safeguards uh, for uh, COVID-19 charges uh, for businesses, restaurants, small stores. Those are all th- th- that could be characterized as fiscal stimulus. And in that sense, what I about would a, agree a deal?
2: with you. What about extending the $600 unemployment benefit? Could you support that as part of a deal?
1: Well, I don't want to uh, you know, negotiate here.
2: Uh, Well, many Americans are wondering if they're going to get that check for an extended period.
0: I think many Americans want to go back to work. I think
1: that's a very important point. And I think one of the things we learned, uh, this is not a traditional macroeconomic recession because of the virus story. But I think we've learned in the last recession, the so-called Great Recession, that increasing and extending unemployment benefits uh, are disincentives to work. I'd rather people went back to work. And, you know, I'd rather, for example, that we provided a big incentive for workers with a payroll tax holiday, which would increase the worker side, uh, increase after-tax take-home wages by 7.6%. We already have one on the business side. And by the way, the workerside side payroll holiday helps businesses because it makes hiring a little cheaper. Uh, I'd rather uh, we just uh, took the regulations and all regulatory barriers down to help businesses grow. Um, That's so important. The president announced a broad-based regulatory plan to help the economy and remove those barriers. There's lots of ways to do this and i think we should employ down through the years what's worked and what hasn't worked i do not believe robert that you know more government spending is is going to give us uh, a strong and durable recovery that's been tried before uh, again i think lower taxes lower regulations uh, good trade deals to promote exports and, and reciprocity that's what got this economy so strong In the three years and two months before the pandemic, I think that's what we should stay with and expand on those policies. Those are the growth incentive policies.
2: What about lowering? Look, I've been talking to my sources in both parties, and they say even if the White House doesn't want to agree to an extension of the $600 unemployment benefit, maybe it could be lowered as part of an agreement to $300 or $400, maybe a lump sum, maybe it's phased out over time. Is that are those discussions at least on the table as part of a deal,
1: Uh, Robert? I'm, I'm, you know, there are lots of possibilities, permutations, and so forth. I I don't want to negotiate here. Uh, Much as I admire your journalism work, I don't think this is the right spot. We will see how this plays out. We will see. There are number of options. Number of options, Uh, and as I said. We're, we're sort of slowing down the process right now. We want to take a good look and assess the economy and the virus and the numbers and the flattening and so forth and the testing capabilities, all of which look much, much, much improved. And then we'll, we'll get on with the business of discussing future policy.
2: And one more thing about the, the deal that could be in the works. You didn't mention, Larry, money to help Michigan's budget, money to help Maryland's budget. Is just flat state aid something you're not considering at the White House as part of a deal when you say it has to be specific for COVID-related expenses?
1: Uh, well, again, some suggestions on the policy side would um, be more targeted toward COVID-related um, uh, funding and assistance, frontline workers, particularly um I think the, most of the equipment issues have been solved nicely. The testing issues have been solved nicely. But, but that's one thought. The president himself has said, uh, first of all, he doesn't want to bail out poorly managed uh, uh, fiscal policies in some states. Doesn't want to bail out the pension funds. Those are non-economic recovery issues. They're non-COVID issues. He's also raised the point on sanctuary cities. And sanctuary states, uh, where he completely disagrees uh, on the uh, benefits and costs. There, that's you know, turning criminals loose makes no sense at all, and we certainly don't want to fund that. So there are a lot of issues here. I, I don't want to uh, pronounce anything. I'm just saying, yeah, that's all on the table. But as but, you and I, no, you heard Senator. To- I've heard Senator
0: I
2: Graham, Larry, talk about infrastructure. The, the, Could
1: that be the most I'm just going to say the most important things in, in terms of divining where we may go is what the president himself is saying. And he's talked at some length about a lot of these options. I'm sorry. Uh, Lindsey Graham wants infrastructure. Is that what you're saying? To you. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we have had a lot of different infrastructure policies uh, in the NEC working in the interagency process. We have a lot of plans. You've got a pretty good bill from Senator Barrasso, uh, Transportation uh, Department, Lane Chow's gang, and their team has developed uh, plans. Uh, NEC has weighed in and so have other agencies. Uh, so the president himself, uh, from time to time, has been a, you know, uh, talked a lot about infrastructure. So that could be on the table. I'm saying could, I'm not making pronouncements here. This is all pre-decisional.
2: We got a question from one of our readers, Larry, John Laughlin from New Jersey. He asks, how much national debt can the U.S. tolerate? As you look at all these spending packages, is, are debt and deficit issues on your mind?
1: You know, in an emergency crisis situation like this, with the health and well-being of the country at stake, uh, I think adding debt, uh, presumably for good purposes And I I think the phase three package was for very good purposes. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I don't think we can spend away at this forever, but I think that one was very essential. And and thankfully, it was bipartisan. Um, But no, I'm just at this juncture. uh, No, I think the financial markets, the bond markets, have shown a very strong appetite for Treasury uh, issues. The uh, financing rates, as you know, are very low. Um, more or less, 40 or 50 or 60 basis points, less than 1%. You know, it's like a half of 1%. This is a good time to do that. And I think that the U.S. has done this in the past and during emergencies. World War II comes to mind. Um, I think we'll be just fine in our financing. And I will add what I say frequently because I've heard a lot of incorrect things regarding international relations. The full faith and credit of the United States debt obligations is absolutely sacrosanct. We will never tamper with that.
2: We've gotten a lot of questions, too, Larry, about housing and mortgages. Uh, we Lee Sand Butterfield from Oregon asks, "What is the expected impact on housing prices this this recession type period?"
0: Well, interestingly,
1: a uh, couple things. Number one, housing prices. Uh, in in the aggregate, nationwide, have not moved much. They're still rising at um, more or less 4% or so. So there's been no uh, meltdown in housing prices. A lot of other assets are down 30 40%. Uh, so that's one point. Second point is, uh, although n- new housing starts uh, and sales have uh, plunged uh, with the overall contraction, new, new home building, same way, But the confidence indexes uh, from the Home Builders Association show a lot of housing demand. Uh, That's an interesting point. We'll see if it pans out. But a lot of housing demand. So I think that's a plus. And let's not forget mortgage rates are rock bottom, absolutely rock bottom. So that's a favorable omen. What needs to happen is income needs to start rising again. Jobs, income, businesses, and the overall economy. And I think again, Do you support the that federal would, government ever begin, stepping in to shore up the mortgage services. Companies? Here, I
0: beg your pardon.
2: Could you see the federal government ever stepping in in the coming weeks to shore up mortgage services companies?
1: Uh, well, we've looked at that, and actually, um, a number of rules and regulations have been loosened to help them. Um, unfortunately, there's been mortgage forbearance. But conversely, you
0: know, the the action is is bad, but
1: people are not losing their homes and mortgages. There's enormous forbearance going on across the country regarding mortgages. Enormous. And then I've seen some recent surveys that the rate of forbearance is coming down. That's one of those glimmers of hope and growth. Uh, so We we uh, have tried to help the housing the mortgage servicers through a deregulation route.
2: Larry, just have a few more minutes here to wrap up on the China trade deal. With the pandemic changing the global economy, are you do you have any interest in consulting with the Chinese about making changes to the deal?
1: Uh, Phase one is intact, Ambassador Lighthizer. believes that is proceeding um i guess that chinese commodity purchases are a little far behind but i think that's more because of poor economic and market conditions um, recently there was a conference call with um uh vice premier liu hei and uh, secretary mnuchin and ambassador leiser and they reported to the president that um, the deal is intact and china has every intent of implementing it
2: there is a natural disasters clause, as you know, in the agreement. Could that ever be used to renegotiate at this this turbulent time?
1: Um, at the present time, Bob, uh, I would say there's no renegotiating at all. We're we're looking for steady implementation, and we'll be monitoring it very closely. I I think once our economy opens up and and a ditto for China, and business returns to something closer to normalcy we will have an export boom in the United States we're competitive and productive uh, so I think there's an export boom that will boost growth in the years ahead the USMCA deal with our neighbors in Canada and Mexico is a very good deal that will add substantially to GDP jobs uh, homegrown products technological innovation so I know it seems very distant but last December and January, we signed two to bang up trade deals, uh, even leveling the playing field, fairness, reciprocity with tremendous advantages to the United States, whether you're manufacturing, auto workers, farmers, ranchers, technology workers. Uh, those things will be implemented. And I know it's, it's a long time ago, just really a few months once things come back into play in the economy, I think those deals are going to provide a lot of jobs and a lot of economic growth.
2: Final thing, just to follow up. Are you satisfied with China's compliance with the deal?
0: Uh, I'm OK
1: with their compliance with the deal. I listen and take my lead from Robert, uh, Bob Lighthizer. I'm not satisfied. Not n- anything close to being satisfied with China's behavior regarding the pandemic, and the lack of information and transparency, the continued concealment uh, in cahoots with the WHO. Uh, the president has said this again and again, and I surely support it. Uh, Chinese behavior regarding the pandemic uh, has been Disappointing, tragically so. And they will be held accountable as investigations go on. They will be held accountable. And that's the watchword. But that is. What does uh,
2: that mean, though? Held accountable.
1: Well, we will see when our investigations are concluded what accountability means. But every country, every civilized country, must be held accountable for their behavior as it impacts, I mean, You know, part of this accountability you've already seen uh, with respect to our uh, treatment of Chinese companies, publicly held companies on our exchanges, Uh, the level of fraud, the lack of transparency, the failure for investor protections that has to be changed. We've already made uh, changes uh, with the Thrift Savings Plan. We're not going to have Chinese investments. There are other bigger issues with Chinese companies. Uh, losing money, and and showing uh, how much fraud was in stake. Uh, The virus is going to be the biggest one because that was the most painful, and we are still looking into that. As you know, we've ceased funding the World Health Organization for a time, so we'll see what our investigations come up with, but they will be held accountable.
2: Larry Kudlow, thank you very much for your time. It's appreciated.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks, Robert.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com. The new Super Beats hard Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com
0: and save 15% with promo code DEAL.